Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. Maybe he's the new Star-Lord. We don't know. What if? And of course, running the boards is Joey D. Wait, what does that make me if he's Star Lord? You're Star Bebe. Star Bebe. Yeah, I don't I was, know. I don't know I how that works say, out. I was going to say, BJ seems more like an ego, and he could, and Joe could be oh, Star Lord. Oh yeah! I'm so, not giving up my celestial powers though. All right, fair enough. Uh, On today's show, yes, we will be talking about what if the episode from last week, so we don't spoil anything for you from this week. We'll also talk about some other Marvel news, including Anthony Mackie maybe uh, making it happen in terms of becoming Captain America, and then one of our favorites who will more than likely not be returning to the role that we love him for. And of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Go have our blogs, podcasts, and more. More. Or just search for BJ Shades Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app to find us. So many different ways to get a hold of us. And it is Comic Book Day Wednesday. So let's talk about comic book shows. And this is one of those things where they have, since Loki, Disney Plus has been releasing some MCU stuff on a Wednesday as opposed to a Friday. And one of those being What If? We just... Right now, as of this recording, What If Episode 3 has just dropped. We're not going to be talking about that right now because we want to give you a week to be able to process it. And right now, we'll just be talking about What If Episode 2, which is What If T'Challa Became a Star-Lord. Or or Star-Lord. Or, yeah, yeah, became the Star-Lord, the amazing Star-Lord, which if you've... If you remember watching Guardians of the Galaxy, the very first one, when Peter Quill is going to pick up what we eventually find out to be the Power Stone, he gets caught and people don't know exactly who he is. He's not one of those rough and tumble, very famous uh, across the galaxy uh, 'er ne'er-do-wells that he had hoped. Um, And that really kind of essentially is where we find and start this episode and we come to find out that T'Challa Star-Lord is actually very, very, very well-known across the galaxy. There is no who? No, there is no who. There is an, oh my God, can I join your crew? Like, it is amazing that a basically T'Challa is a born leader. And so having him become a part of the Ravagers turns the entire galaxy on its head. In terms of like what he's trying to do, because yeah, he's he's not a good guy, eh, but he is way more of a good guy than you would think. More along the lines of a Robin Hood, uh-huh. and which they even directly reference in it. Yes, uh, like so, that one was it Robin? <laughs> Robin Leach. Yes, Robin Leach. Which, if you're kiddos out there, look up uh, what is it? Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Uh, the he song? was. Uh, no, not the <laughs> song by Good Charlotte, the television show from the 80s, which actually was, it was basically MTV Cribs for super, super, super rich people. So not that Robin Leach. No, we had Robin Hood, who would steal from the rich and give to the poor, which is essentially T'Challa's entire M.O., and then it turns into really, literally turning the Ravagers on their head. We get to see a recall with uh, Taser Face. Mm-hmm. He's back in it, which is kind of entertaining. And a lot of uh, a lot of the Ravagers that you see again, um, Sean Gunn, 
is uh, he's playing his idiot role again, um, which is uh, it was in multiple of the uh, uh, Endgame and both the Guardians of the Galaxies. Uh, it was it's I, I'm going to be honest. This was a very heartwarming and really awesome episode, but I felt bad for Peter Quill. Because it's like, look, if you're like, if you weren't in the picture, the world would be, the universe would be so much better without you. The universe would be amazing. And you kind of screwed it up. Now, Joe hasn't seen this, so sorry, buddy. There's going to be a lot of spoilers on this one. But they took my favorite character and turned it, turned him completely on his head. And I watched this episode before you and I messaged you I'm like, "Have you seen this yet?" Yeah. And I was a little concerned about what or, what you would think of this. So I thought you would hate it. Is he not Rocket Raccoon anymore? No, no, no. <laughs> there is no we don't see a rocket in this. So it's really based we off of We see a of, destroyer though. Yes. There's a it's essentially T'Challa and the Ravager, a Ravagers going around doing stuff. So the Guardians oh. haven't been formed through all of these things. But we see Thanos and Thanos is mostly a good guy. Whoa. Like, wow. he was a bad guy. Yeah, he was a bad guy, but his interactions with T'Challa, and we won't give it away because it's it, it's kind of cute, and uh, I don't want to give it all away, but the way that they did it was just like, wow. And again, that made me feel even worse for Peter Quill because a lot of people have put the blame solely on him for the snap occurring because he was the one that was punching Thanos when they're like, trying to get Gamora? everything down together to stop it when he found out that Gamora was gacked by uh, to get the Soul Stone. That's right. So it, it, it really shows, though, like even though he's a human, the kind of superpowers that T'Challa has, like the superpower of like negotiation of being not a silver tongue because he doesn't do it in a sneaky way. Right. That's what like when I think of silver tongue, I think of somebody that's really something like, with an ulterior or motive and something along those lines. No, yeah. he's just a fan- phenomenal speaker. Yeah. And it was like he's like the best diplomat. And literally it just comes down to he wanted to explore and his father was like, you, you no, don't want to stay here. Yeah. You don't want to explore Earth because Earth is terrible. And I'm picturing like in a Lion King where it's like Simba, wherever the light touches, that is yours. It's like, what about over there? It's like, we don't go there. Yeah, we don't go there. That was basically it. <laughs> and so essentially the whole thing was happenstance, but Yondu outsources uh, the pickup of Peter Quill and they screw up and they get T'Challa like, like all epically the kids screw look up. look the same, right? Yeah, two eyes, two nose, well, one hole. nose. Yeah. Was it two, two eye noses. holes, two no- like a nose hole and a mouth hole? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, this doesn't look like him at all. And you're like, well, okay, this is what happens. Yondu still wanted somebody to uh, take under his wing. It just and, ha- ends up being the best possible reason why t- they do that. T'Challa, he's like, you're not, you're not. This isn't freaking you out by any means. Like, no, <laughs> he was very much the opposite. Like, I welcome this. This is pretty cool. Uh, if you remember from the first one, we talked about Jeffrey Wright from uh, Westworld. Mm-hmm. He was he's still the narrator, which is Uatu the Watcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chadwick Boseman reprises his role as T'Challa as uh, I think it was his final yes. voice role. I think it might even be his final role in general. Yeah, yeah. And so um, it's a, it's super bittersweet with that. And they do a good, nice uh, in-memoriam at the very end of the episode as well. Um, but the yep, names, this like... Is, yep, this is literally the last. Yeah, and they, I mean, the names that they got for this, and like even my wife was just like, wait, that actually sounds like the people. They got Michael Rooker back as Yondu. Mm-hmm. I love him. Jamon Husso as Korath the Hussle. Pursuer. 
Uh, Chris Sullivan as Taserface, Karen Gillan as Nebula, Josh Brolin came back as Thanos. <laughs> oh yeah, Seth Green plays a very, very special role that I was not pleased with whatsoever oh, when I down. saw this. It was cute. It, it was, was cute. It was fine. But I hate talking ducks. Okay. It was Howard the Duck. It was Howard the Duck. Uh, but even Denai Guerrero came back as a Koye. Uh, John C- Connie, I believe, to Chaka, the mm-hmm. father. Angela Bassett as Ramonda. Benicio del Toro was the collector, which I didn't think. I thought they got somebody else's Same. voice because the collector is well. When there's a power vacuum, when when, fa- so- when someone like maybe a uh, intergalactic conqueror such as Thanos leaves trying to do these sort of things, that vacuum has to be taken back up by somebody. That somebody in this episode is the collector. Uh, which looks pretty badass, also. Mm-hmm. And I mean, hell, I mean, like all of the people, even Kurt Russell as Ego, like they got everybody back for this. It's like amazing. I think the only ones that they didn't get back were Peter Quill and Drax. Yeah, it looks like Drax ended up uh, there. Now, Disney's saying that it's a quote unquote miscommunication. But I mean, Dave Bautista has stated, it's like, he, no one ever talked to me about it. Oh, so. He's been a little bit. I love Dave Bautista, but he does uh, cause a lot of, uh, I feel like, not problems, mm-hmm. but he, st- he stirs the pot sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes it's for good, and sometimes it's like, I, I get it, but there's still chance to do stuff. Like he, I think he's come out saying, like, I don't want to do Drax anymore, and I'm very disappointed that he just became a joke. And I'm like, yeah, he does have a tragic backstory, but... You know, this is kind of where you you got your 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 start in in film, yeah. dude. They didn't really address it though at all whatsoever with it. Like there was no like good ending or like satisfying like ending for Drax when it came. He didn't get ne- necessarily avenge his wife and child. But he, I mean, in a way, helped. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he did. Um, and actually, you know what? This is interesting, too, because reading on, it looks like this won't be the last time we see T'Challa Mm-mm. pop up in What If. Um, it looks what like, if, yeah. what what if? What if? What if? What if? Oh, I forgot my word. Yeah, I what? know, right? Oh. Holy crap, um, it's Wednesday. Sounds like Bozeman does appear in four episodes of the series playing different versions of Black Panther, T'Challa. It makes sense because if we've seen the tra- if you've seen the trailer for What If, there is a zombie, you know, Marvel zombie kind of theme going on. So it's safe to assume that he's probably going to be in that. Yeah. So very excited to see all of that in terms of uh, what's going on with that. Also, some quick casting news. Um, it looks like Anthony Mackie will star in Captain America 4. Yay! Which we saw. He is Captain America. Yeah, he's Captain America. We saw that at the end of uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And uh, he does play Falcon in the MCU. But by the end of the Disney Plus show, he did come to terms with being the new owner of the Captain America Shield. And so we don't know whether or not Sebastian Stan will show up as the Winter Soldier, but he it does seem likely. Yeah, exactly, right? And no words on whether or not Chris Evans will be a part of that. Um, now, Vicky, sad news for you. It looks like Hugh Jackman will not be returning as Wolverine to the MCU. He was I, never in the MCU, but he won't be coming back as Wolverine inside the and MCU. And I'm not surprised. He's kind of said that since the Logan movie. Like, and you can't blame him. He's what in his 50s, close to 60s at this point. Yeah. The, the amount of training and the amount of work and like stress on the body that he has to go through. Totally. Like, he basically had a diet, I believe it was just like egg whites and like plain chicken breast and coffee. Boring. To, uh. to just be in that ridiculous, impeccable Wolverine shape. And that's, it's just too much. And when they take those pictures of them with those six-pack abs and looking badass, 
Uh, yeah, it's because they're, they're dehydrated. dehydrated. Like they're doing all of these things. It's a lot of movie magic. You're not walking around looking like that. It's like when Jason Momoa was like, "Oh, he's sporting a dad body." He's like, "No, it's because I drank water today." Right. Like, <laughs> it's like he's properly hydrated and fed. Yeah. So uh, Hugh Jackman does say in a YouTube interview, uh, "There's nothing in my inbox from Kevin Feige," which probably means no matter what idea I come with, uh, come up with, it's not going to be on the table. It's still a character I hold close to my heart, but. I know it's done. He also added, uh, tell that to whoever you want, but please tell it to Ryan Reynolds because he doesn't believe it. He thinks I'm joking. Uh, And I would love to see see a Deadpool Wolverine thing, even if it was old man Logan now. But I mean. I mean, there's always X-23. Actually, that's perfect. I would love to see more X-23. And actually, there is in the comics X-23 when she has her like basically clone sister Gabby with her. Yeah. Who is later known as Honey Badger. And then she changes her name again. (laughs) I can't remember off the top of my head what she changes it to. But they have a run in with Deadpool and they help him out. And I think he's the one that gave her the nickname Honey Badger. That's funny. So they they have have cross paths. Yeah, so I'm totally down with all of that. I understand, like, you know, people are going to be sad. They want their Hugh Jackman, but, I mean, you can't always get what you want. All right? Do we have a little time? Yeah, what's up? Uh, I did find, just for funsies, I'm like, who should play Wolverine next? Oh, (laughs) shocking. You found a a fan I'm always curious, and this was, like, this was done last year, but Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like some of these are still good, and I'm going to shoot some of these down immediately. Okay. Uh, 15 being Daniel Radcliffe. No. What? Sorry, I only see his, like, I mean, He's I need speaking to. Speaking of Honey Badger, that's I need what to, his face <laughs> looks like in this picture. I need to watch Guns Akimbo just to see him in a role that's not like a Harry Potter role. And that's the picture they did where he's all kind of crazy looking. I'm yeah. like, he looks like a Honey Badger who don't give an F. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think no. that that's just not a good role for him. No. I know some people might want to think just because he's new and he's the hotness would be like Timothy uh, Chalamet. Chalamet. No, he's too baby face. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. You need a grizzled person who looks really good with like stubble. All right. 14 is Brad Pitt. I'm going to say no to that. Too old. Ben Affleck, 13. I'm like, no. You're nope, already Batman. You were Daredevil. Like, knock it off. Yeah. Go do something else. Like Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> uh, number 12, I don't hate this one. Okay. Justin Theroux. Okay. Like, there's a picture of him with the facial hair and stuff. Uh, he's been in a couple of other movies. I know he was in the Charlie's Angels movie, um, The Leftovers, uh, the surreal film, The Ho- oh, Holland Drive, Inland okay. Empire. Uh, number 11, he does have the grizzled face, Joel Edgerton. Yeah, okay. He was in yeah. The Warrior. I mean, it's fine. I just feel like that's, like, not wish, but maybe clearance aisle <laughs> Wolverine. Yeah, it's not so bad that it's uh, the one you find on Wish. Uh, this one is one that has been, like, the name has floated around for Wolverine for a while. I don't think, maybe as a young one. I'm not I'm not sure. Taron Edgerton? Uh, he was in Kingsman, right? Yes. Okay. I w- as long as he can do a good like American Canadian. I know He's I know Canadian. Wolverine's Canadian, but he never does the a boot sort of stuff. So I feel that as long as he can do a non-British accent, I think it'll be fine. And I think he did one good in Kingsman, so mm-hmm. See, the okay. next one I think would have been perfect had he not already been in something in the quote-unquote MCU. Who is that? John Bernthal. John Bernthal, yeah, Punisher. as the Punisher. I mean, I, it's one of those things, like, I wish you weren't the Punisher so you could he's, be the Wolverine, but had he not been the Punisher, I would not have known his potential. He's too good as the Punisher. That role, yeah, it seems like it was Punisher. just made perfect, or he was crafted perfectly for that role. Yes. Uh, Charlie Hunnam. 
All right, yeah, I okay, can kind of see maybe. him. He's sons of anarchy guy, so. <laughs> and this one's kind of Daph- uh, Daphne Keen, who played X twenty three. Okay, yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yes. that one's all right. Yeah. Uh, number six being Jason Momoa. Eh. Too big. Yeah. I just it, it'd be like putting the rock in there. It's just like you have these gigantic guys that are larger than life. Like mm-hmm. I just I don't see him as a Wolverine. Uh, this would be awesome had he, his, if he wasn't already kind of in the world. Uh, Tom Hardy. I think he'd be phenomenal. He could be because he, oh man, if you have if you haven't seen Tom Hardy and stuff like Peaky Blinders, he's not in it a lot, but he steals the show. Like I could see him doing that if, again, like you said, if he wasn't already Venom, and I'm sure they're gonna mix all this together. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the Spider Verse, Multiverse, Venom Verse, whatever the hell you want to call it, these are all gonna come together, and we're gonna see Tom Hardy beating the crap out of Tom Holland. I'm down for this. Oh, I loved. Like seriously, Tom Hardy is in my is on my, you know, mm-hmm. my my, my top list. celebrity list. That list. Uh, next one, Andrew Lincoln from The Walking Dead. Yeah, eh. yeah, yeah. Okay. He, eh. He'll have to bulk up, but they can do that. They've done that with a lot of people who I was surprised by. Uh, this one, I'm like, oh, you're a good actor, but I don't know. Hawking Phoenix. Uh, no. Originally, no. they actually talked to him to be Doctor Strange, but he turned it down because he was reluctant to sign on multi-movie arc. Yeah, and now they've already gotten rid of that. They're, Kevin Feige has already stated they're not going to do multi-contracts with uh, actors. So they don't feel obligated? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's honestly how you can maybe get some of these actors back. Yeah. Like a I, Chris Evans or something for like a quick cameo. Maybe that's how they get you. Uh, next one, I'm like, you're in everything. Calm down, okay? You are already Moon Knight. You are already Apocalypse. You're already Poe Dameron, Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Isaac. I mean, yeah. you could do a pretty good job. He would, but I'm like. He's already Moon Knight, and if you've seen the costumes. Yes. Was, he's going to be in Dune, I think. Yep. It's like, you are in everything, and I love you, but. We're good. We're good. <laughs> and last one, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, no. no, he needs. he's too old for it. There's better roles out there, I feel, in the MCU than than uh, Wolverine on that. And maybe at this point in time, just let Wolverine rest. Yes. Like, there's other characters out there that can fill that role. Like you said, Daphne Keene as X-23 would fill that role just fine. Oh. Don't have to worry about that. I found another list that's like Joe Manganiello. Hey. He's almost too pretty. Can we make him ugly? Like a little bit. Not a lot of ugly, but <laughs> not a lot of ugly, you? not a lot of ugly. Well, while you We need to we need to rough him up a little bit, is All what right. I'm saying. Well, yeah, uh, you uh save that list later for your own personal time because now it is time to get to the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what's going on? Uh so I found two different articles and I loved how they're the yin to the yang of each other, and I kind of wanted to go down both of them. Okay, interesting. One being villains who end up trapped for eternity. Oh. And movie villains that got off way too easy. Interesting. So the ones that got locked up forever and the ones that maybe got a slap on the wrist? Right, but sometimes okay. forever means forever. It doesn't mean till death. It means eternity. Oh, so all that, right, that, yeah. When they say, you know, fate worse than death... That might be it. Ooh, okay. Uh, some of these, I'm like, do they deserve it? We shall see. Uh, first one being Jafar. If you guys remember the movie Aladdin, which <gasps> yeah. was one of my favorites growing up. Yeah, same here, too. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen it or if you have kids <laughs> listening and haven't seen it. So Jafar ends up with the genie and the lamp, and Aladdin tricks him. He's like, you are not that powerful. You get everything from the genie. The most powerful thing you could be is a genie. So he wishes to become a genie. However... Genies are trapped in a lamp. Itty bitty living space. That's exactly it. Jafar gets the power he dreamed of, but in an itty bitty living space in Aladdin. And he's trapped in this um, 
in this uh, this lamp forever. Yeah, and I mean, at that point, he's also um, in service to whomever finds it. Like he's never he never gets to do what he wants. He's got again that phenomenal cosmic power, but he can't do anything with it unless somebody tells him. To do something. He's got those bracelets on him now. He's, mm-hmm. he's stuck. And I think they kind of kick off the lamp so they like it gets stuck in the desert somewhere for no one to find. Ever. Yeah. And then they made a whole bunch of uh, direct-to-video sequels, so I'm Which sure he was still I had all, around. I think I still have all of them. Ooh, those might be collector's items now. Right. <laughs> uh, did you guys ever watch Alias? Nope. No, but was that the Alba one? No, that was Dark Angel. Oh, you're this right. This is yeah. Jennifer Gardner. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right. Okay, well, if nobody, I'm just going to skip it. All right, then. You guys can, I'll, I'll post it as well so you guys can <laughs> check it out. Uh, but Zod and his cronies are put into the Phantom Zone to yep. suffer an eternal living death in the original Superman film. Oh, an eternal living death? Basically, I didn't realize says. that. I just, uh, I just thought that they were just kicked out there because it was uh, just a place you can't get back from. So as they Until were storyline say so. As they were the bad guys in Superman 2, it's clear that General Zod and his cronies didn't actually end up suffering for eternity in the Phantom Zone like they were supposed to. They are freed from their captivity and run amok in the sequel in the 1978 original. But when the trio is put in the Phantom Zone as seen as Superman the movie via flashback, they were meant to be there forever. And if you know anything about the Phantom Zone, that isn't exactly a fun place to spend all time. Kryptonians seem seemingly took punishment extremely seriously. Gosh, yeah, right. I'm, I'm kind of expecting it to be kind of like the weird zone thing that Loki was in. You know what? That might be something along those lines, but I'm just also wondering in terms of like they get a lot of their powers from s- the sunlight. And when you hear something like the Phantom Zone, it doesn't necessarily sound like um it would have anything along those lines because you don't want to have superpowered baddies running around in there. Nope. Uh, another one that we are very familiar with, the Red Skull. Yeah. He is turned into the undying being who guards the Soul Stone at the end of Captain America, the first Avenger. Mm-hmm. So when the Red Skull got got what for at the end of Captain America, viewers didn't actually know what happened to him. It just kind of looked like he got sucked into space. And clearly that would have terminated the leader of Hydra, but that wasn't the end of the Red Skull. Marvel Cinematic Universe fans would have to wait until Avengers Infinity War to discover his true fate as Guardian of the Soul Stone. When moviegoers finally caught up to the newly eternal being, it had been decades since he grabbed the Tesseract at the end of the first Avenger, and he didn't look a day older. Living out your days with the Infinity Stone on Vormir doesn't exactly sound like a good time. No. You're and, just wanting death, and that will never come. And he's, like, cursed with, like, the knowledge of knowing, like, like all of that and guarding that. It's like, you wanted all of this power. There, there it is right there, but you have nothing to sacrifice to get that. Plus, you don't get all the other cool gems either. Nope. Uh, do you guys ever see the movie Death Becomes Her? Yes. So this is a oh. Bruce Willis, Meryl Streep, and Golden Hawn movie. And I remember I did see this, like I think, when I was a kid, it's randomly. Hilarious. It's kind of messed gross. up. It's weird. <laughs> it's uh, so, fun. Yeah. Does it have a description there? So Robert uh, Zemeckis in the 1992 black comedy Death Becomes Her may have come and gone without all that much fuss back in the day, although it. The box office gross is nothing to scoff off thanks to international success. So basically it didn't really, people were like, what the hell is this? But it made a decent amount of money and it's revered as a cult classic. Oh, I love it. Um, According to this, with a whip smart script, groundbreaking for the time, special effects, and the main trio of Meryl Streep, Goldie Hawn, and Bruce Willis, it's easy to see why people were latched onto this film for the past three decades. So... I'm not going to get into the finale if you want to kind of describe what the movie's about. Essentially what happens in the movie is that these three people, I think it's the women who decide that they want to live forever. 
The problem is, is that with their, it's almost like a genie's curse sort of thing in terms of like, or a monkey paw closing when they wish for this because they won't die, but they are not alive. So they're starting to degrade and they're starting to go down. So if something terrible happens to them, uh, you'll see it. At one point, one of them has literally a hole in their stomach, where their mm-hmm. stomach would and I've be. I've seen some pretty awesome cosplays yeah. with that. And there's also in terms of like, they have to keep like shellacking their body, like their skin, so it doesn't look that pale green of death. They're uh, literally dying, but they can't die. But they hate each other. Oh, they really hate so each other. So when a novelist loses her man to a movie star and former friend, she winds up in the psychiatric hospital. Years later, she returns home to confront the now married couple looking radiant. Her ex-husband's new wife wants to know her secret and discovers that she has been taking a mysterious drug which grants eternal life to the person who drinks it. Yeah. The actress oh. follows suits but discover Im- discovers that immortality has a price. Exactly. Oh, it is. You're, you're actually basically turning into a zombie and it's right. so it's, funny, dude. It's so like. They're basically doomed to live forever in disgusting, deteriorating bodies and we can't help laugh at their horrible fate. They look yeah. so gross. Yeah. And they deserve it. Like these are just terrible people that deserve all the terrible things that happened to each other. Uh, so for Doctor Who fans, a group of weeping angels is stuck staring at each other forever on Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Doctor Who. And I heard a theory that possibly like uh, that someone tried to throw out there and float out there that the weeping angels might have been like old doctors. Mm. Like oh. and so like that and I mean if you've never seen one episode of Doctor Who, that's the one you should watch because mm. it's scary, but it's also like. Um, it's a singular episode, mm-hmm. so you're not going to get kind of confused by a lot of the stuff. And it basically lets you see whether or not Doctor Who is something for you or and not. And that is the 2007 episode Blink. Blink. It's, uh, the one BJ always recommends as well. Mm-hmm. Basically, these weeping angels look like stone angels. And when you close your eyes, you blink. They kind of come to life. So as long as you're looking at them, yep. they and can't get blinking. you. And you're not blinking. They can't get you. But you blink oh. and they get you. They'll eat your face, Joe. They'll get but, you. I'm going to blink, man. <laughs> but in one of the plans in a, during a finale of the episode, so spoiler, I guess, they're stuck together because they get them to all look at each other. Ah. And they're stuck together. They can't move because someone's looking at them. And it, they're each of them are looking at each other. Got mm-hmm. So don't like turn that statue a little bit or else, you know. Mm-hmm. That things. sounds like a cool video game level. Actually, yeah, it really actually kind of reminds me a lot of Final Fantasy uh, 3 slash 6 when they're uh, moving the statues around. It's like, don't move the statues, you're going to blow up the world. And Kefka moves the statues. No. Blows up the world. Spoiler. Uh, how about, uh, I can never say his name. The bad guy played by Mads Mikkelsen in Doctor Strange. Oh, Calcius, 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 Calcius. I want to say Calcium. Yeah, lives out the rest of his days as a mindless one in Dormammu's realm of Doctor Strange. And we've seen that, like, in the movie when, like, the weird like thing is like floating by, and you're like, "Well, I hope you're dead." But I guess you're not, because you got kind of crustified. You look like a piece of fried chicken. So no one likes really getting fun. crustified. <laughs> so Beetlejuice is stuck in the afterlife again after the sandworm eats him in Beetlejuice. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, he's kind of stuck there again. Uh, some of these villains, you think, oh, that's a little tough. But some of them, like, yeah, I know you deserve it. <laughs> that being said, there's a ranker also came out with the list of 15 movie villains that got off way too easy. Okay. Although I don't, I'm not a super knowing of of Harry Potter. Like, I know up to a certain amount of movies, haven't seen them all, but everyone I know is obsessed with them, and I love reading fan theories in general, so I'll read them, and I'm like, oh, okay. Apparently, Dolores Umbridge, who is, like, the most hated person, like, more hated than 
Joffrey. Like wow, that is how awful this human really? being is, or wizard, or whatever. Whatever the hell they are. Um, she is just awful. So Voldemort may be an all-powerful and almost unstoppable villain, but at least he's honest about what he does. And Dolores Umbridge is tr- the true evil at the heart of the Wizarding world. She's a bureaucrat who believes that torturing school children and doing away with any vestige of critical thought is for the greater good. The greater good. After spending years at Hogwarts, where she repeatedly abuses the students, harms them through magic, and straight up ignores the very real threats that are pounding down at the door at the school, she's not banished to Azkaban. Instead, she's goofed off by the twins, a couple of centaurs harass her, and she gets her old job back at the ministry. Although, I read somewhere that what the centaurs do, it's not really harassing, it's a lot darker. Oh. And not so nice, according to some things I read. Wow. So maybe she didn't get off that easy. You guys watch Frozen? Of course you have. Oh, sure. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Let it snow. Wait, what right. is it? Is it uh, let it go. Let, let it, it go. go. Let it Same go. Thing. All right. So, spoiler alert if you haven't seen Frozen or care. Mm-hmm. Basically, what happens is the sister, one of the sisters falls in love with a guy named Hans while the other sister is freezing everything. At the very end, we find out that the only reason Hans was interested in Anna was because he wanted to be king because he's like number, like the youngest of 12 brothers. So he's like, I'm never going to be king in my realm. So my only chance is to marry a sister. The other one doesn't give a crap about me. So I'm going to marry this one and kill off the older sister. Of course. That's basically what he's trying to do. He's like, and once I marry to her, I'll kill her off. And so he was literally about to kill. Like he thought he did kill the younger sister and he was about to kill Elsa and ends up, you know, not because it's a Disney movie. Yeah, right. (laughs) He gets punched in the face and knocked over uh, before being shipped home. But the worst thing that happens to him, does he go to jail? No. You know, does he get tortured or, you know, hung or anything like that? No. Basically, they just ship him off to work like a laborish job. Instead of being a prince, he now works in the stalls. All right. So, I mean, like, it's a, like, it's kind of like a nice poetic justice, but it's not. A job's a job, too. But I it's mean. not, it's not, not evil <laughs> and job. not evil, <laughs> but it's not, the justice isn't really served. You were about yeah. to kill a queen. Yeah, right. Ugh. How about uh, Amanda Waller in Suicide Squad? I'm guessing uh, they mean the first one. Yeah, well, and I don't remember much of the first one. So did it say The Suicide Squad or Suicide Squad? It just Squad? says Suicide Squad. Then it's, yeah, it's the first one. And I didn't fin- get to the end of that one to uh, know what happened to her in it. Right. So Amanda Waller may not be the main villain of Suicide Squad, but everything that happens in the movie falls on her shoulders. Yeah. It's her fault the Enchantress escapes from custody, making her responsible for all the casualties of Enchantress's big swirling vortex, as well as the people who were transformed into her minions. There are also the government employees that Waller dispatches in cold blood simply for being at the wrong place at the wrong time. And it's ridiculous to think that one person or even a government agency could control a magical being. There's so much blood on Waller's hands by the end of the movie that it's shocking she comes out unscathed. Sure, she faces some backlash for her actions, but only after making a back alley deal with Bruce Wayne to protect her from like the much-deserved government slap on the wrist. Uh, I forgot that Bruce Wayne does appear at the end. I totally forgot. I forgot that movie. Yes. <laughs> to watch it, that is. But then you, like, the Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad, like, she's still... Doing her thing. Yeah, and she, I mean, she got a little bit of a comeuppance at the end of that one, too, but it wasn't because of anything other than the fact that she has some uh, people around her who have uh, a heart and soul and maybe a little morals at that point. And a guy who's really good at his job. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, 
Does anybody remember the movie Five Goes West? Yes. Okay. Oh, I don't. You, oh, oh my God. Okay. You first off, you're way too old for it now. I feel, but oh. it was so good. I liked it more than uh, what, what the regular Five was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. An uh, American Tale. Yes, an American yeah. Tale. So it's the sequel to an American Tale where it's a five. It's Five and his uh, family. First, they're immigrants who end up in New York, mm-hmm. and then in the sequel, Five Goes West. You can imagine what happens. But uh, uh, they're not humans. They're Mice. Yes. So American Tail. So think of the. I think it's like the Don Bluth. Yeah. Uh, So it's like all dogs go to heaven. That sort of anime animation animation style. Um, Super classics. Like I forgotten at this point in time, but I felt that it was really good. I haven't gone back and watched it, so I don't know. But I do remember it fondly from the childhood. I loved it. We'd watch it over and over and over again. But. As the leader of Cactus Cat Gang, Cat R. Wall was gained, <laughs> has gained an enormous amount of wealth for a cat, but he's also one of the more evil felines in America. He convinces the mice of New York City that Green River is the place where mice and cats can live in harmony. Also, he can commit full-on mouse genocide and turn oh. them into mouse burgers. Mouse mm-hmm. burgers? Yeah. Wall's plan is as ridiculous as they come, and it involves a giant mouse trap in a saloon. Oh, I totally remember that. It was, yeah, yeah, a, yeah, it was a big parade. Too. Yeah. And they're like, here, this is where you're going to, these are the bleachers you're going to be sitting on, and then snap. Yep. Oh. Um, but even so, <laughs> it's foiled fairly quickly by the young Fievel and his Western buddies. For the crime of luring mice to his town so he could eat all of them, Wall receives extra adulation from his owner. Really, that's it. It's certainly embarrassing. He has to wear a bonnet and deal with an obscene amount of affection, but it's hardly punishment. Well, for a cat, that is a lot of punishment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you ever tried to put a hat on a cat, it is not easy, yeah, and they will hate like, you for baby. forever. My baby's <laughs> cat in the hat, not no, on no, the hat. No, this is a different with that one, little buddy. bonnet. Oh man, it was not fun for him, but <laughs> it really, it's not the worst thing at all. Yes. Um, but do we have time for more? One more, we... one more, one more, one <sighs> more. But they're so good. I know. You can post it up on the old uh, Facebook page so people can go check it out as well. All right. We want to talk DC, Star Wars, Marvel, Star or horror. Wars. I'm actually interested in Star Wars at this point because I kind of feel like a lot of the baddies end up getting like a, a fair comeuppance. And I mean, they actually have two Star Wars on here, but I'm going to go with the first one I saw. It's Kylo Ren and the Rise of Skywalker. So he spends most of the, uh, the sequel trilogy committing mass murder when he's not torturing his enemies and getting obsessive about owning a mint inbox Darth Vader costume. <laughs> he offs his dad, he offs Santeca, and he tries to execute force projection on Luke Skywalker before finally doing something good with his life and saving Rey through a transfer- transference of force energy. Is that enough for him to earn a seat of the Force Ghost good guy table? The kiss that Ren and Ray share before passing suggested romantic link between them, which opens up a whole Pandora's box of questions about his sacrifice. So would he have done the same for Finn? Would he have helped Ray if they were just platonic, platonic frenemies? Or were the strings attached to the sacrifice? <laughs> he gets off too easy with the ending, but maybe it takes one good deed to become a hazy blue force ghost. Well, and I mean, it really, I mean, come on. Look at like what Darth Vader did as well, and he became one at the end of all that stuff. Like, well, some, There's a lot of fan theories stating that it wasn't actually Kylo Ren that killed his father. It was uh, Han Solo killed himself, so he oh. wouldn't taint him. Yeah, no, no, it's Harrison Ford. It was Harrison Ford. He was done with the role. And he's like, nah, kid, I'm going to do this myself. I'm out. Well, yeah, that too. I also know what I have to do. (laughs) It's like, I'm over this. Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy.